What's up, ambitious listeners? So today's episode is going to be something special. Um, I sat down with one of, in my opinion, the top NFL analysts in pretty much the whole wide world. It's a phenomenal episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear. It's coming up after a short break. Stay tuned. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is a friend of the show. He is one of the brightest football minds, I think it's safe to say, in the world. He is the fantasy football rapper, Birdo. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, thank you, and thank you for the introduction, Dylan. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy football is just around the corner. And uh, yeah, man, can't wait to the fantasy season to begin. So, as you just said, football is around the corner. So, it is time for NFL kind of predictions for the year. As training camp kicks off, you know, a lot of things could change. There's some players who are pulling, you know, what Le'Veon did last year and holding out. There could be some trades a la Khalil Mack last year. But for the most part, this is just going from a gist of what the team looks like will be on the field um, week one. So, starting with the AFC East. I have in my prediction the New England Patriots going 11 and 5 this season, winning the division. I had the Miami Dolphins going 4 and 12, the Buffalo Bills going 8 and 8, and the Jets going 7 and 9. Birdo, your predictions. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's tough, but uh, I definitely agree with the Dolphins. I think maybe four wins might even be generous, but we'll 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 keep it at four. Um, the Patriots, I guess you got to give them the edge to the division, but I also really really think the Buffalo Bills could be a sleeper team. Um, I would say them and the Jets go nine and seven, and you know one of those teams could sneak in with that nine and seven record. You know it'll be like one of those. whoever had a better record in division type of deals. Um, But I like both of those teams to be more competitive um, than than a lot of people give them credit for. Now, did you feel the Patriots winning the division is a fair prediction? Yeah, I think it's a fair prediction. I mean, you always wait for that, you know, collapse of the Patriots or whatever. And I do think it's getting closer. Um, But I don't think you can, you know, I don't, I don't think you could take them out just yet. I don't know if they lost that much because I think their secondary is still pretty good. And if you can, you know, if you could shut teams down with the pass in the passing game, uh, I think they'll have enough offense to win some games. Although I, I would eleven and five is re- it's between eleven and five and ten and six. So yeah, um, I do think they're going to lose some games to the Bills and the Jets. They'll probably split even with those teams, though. I think. Um... Around the average record is kind of like a fair, I think, estimate as we both kind of have for the Bills and the Jets. But I definitely could see both being a sneaky playoff team. I hope the Jets are as a Jets fan. But I completely um, feel that the Dolphins are just out of it this year. Um, enough questions at quarterback. Fitzpatrick could be there. Rosen could be there. I don't think either is a great quarterback. I think there's a lot of other questions. It's a new coach. And they already said they kind of want to tank. And I think this year is just a year of like to forget about for Miami. And I think New England continues dominance 
to an extent for this year. I will uh, talk about that a little more later when we go into legitimate games. Yeah, contenders. and I think I'll drop them a game. You know what? I say New England goes 10-6. I think they're going <laughs> to struggle more than people think um, because I just I, – I saw a decline in Brady. Uh, so I think they're going to have to rely on their defense and run game, and Sony Michelle is just an injury waiting to happen, although I do like Damian Harris. So I just don't think it's going to be quite as easy with the emergence of the Jets and the Bills. Uh, the Dolphins always play the tough, play them tough anyway, no matter how bad they are. And then you have Flores, who used to play for or who used to coach in New England. New England seems to struggle against former coaches. We saw that last year with Matt Patricia, despite how bad Detroit was. So I think New England, I'm going to change that to 10-6. and six. Um, And the Dolphins are absolute trash, but they'll probably still beat New England one game. Yeah, they always seem to have that magic of when New England goes to Miami. It's like Brady can't function in hot weather, but yeah. uh, it's kind of a geological thing. And then, yeah, I think the Bills and the Jets might be able to pull one or even two off against them this year. So going to kind of transition to a big division that may take a little bit of time, the AFC North. There's a lot of questions in this division this year, and I kind of maybe might be sleeping on a few of these teams, but... In my opinion, I see Pittsburgh going 10-6 and six and winning the division. I see Baltimore going 8-8, eight and eight, Cleveland going 9-7, and seven, and Cincinnati going 6-10. and 10. Your thoughts, Birdo? Um, yeah, I, 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 I do think Cleveland's going to win the division. I do think – I think Cleveland's going to go 11-5. and five. I think um, – Pittsburgh will probably go nine and seven and Baltimore about eight and eight. Uh, and then uh, six and 10, I think is good for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's offense is going to be pretty good, a lot better than people think because they do have weapons. And I like Zach Taylor coming over from the Rams, um, but their defense is just horrendous. Baltimore Ravens, I think they lost a lot on defense. They got some of it back. Uh, I just don't know how much Earl Thomas has left in the tank. And I think CJ Mosley was, is going to be a very underrated loss for them. And then Pittsburgh, uh, you know, the only reason I'm not picking them is just, you know, Cleveland's more talented. I know a lot of people think, you know, they're not used to this type of pressure, but man, they have arguably the most talented roster ever assembled. And I've been watching football for a long time, but there is not one gleeping hole in Cleveland, they would really have to fall apart for them not to, you know, win that division, which they can because they are the Browns. But, you know, I think Pittsburgh's solid. I think they'll do, you know, I think they'll come together, but I, I don't think they'll win that division. See, my thinking when I was making this is Baltimore is going from kind of, I, I know Lamar played and started for a while, but kind of from a Flacco dominating that team and being the leader of that squad to now it's a transition of this is Lamar's first full season at the helm. And I think there's a bit of an adjustment period still. And I think that that team, yeah, as you said, it had some significant losses this season or this off season. Um, I do like the Bengals as an underrated team, but I definitely don't think six and 10 is like, I think that's their ceiling. Honestly, yeah, for sure. I do. I agree with that. Um, and my thinking with Pittsburgh is they're safe in that sense of they're going to, be good they're either going to be average or above average 10 and 6 is probably I'd say their ceiling as well Mm -hmm. because this team likes each other they get along well now that Mm -hmm. the two I don't want to say problem children are gone but because they're both going to be big impact players on their new teams 
But I think that this is a younger team than the past. And I think this team is still a reliable squad, but I think they could definitely be primed for a first round exit in the playoffs if they make it. And my thinking with Cleveland is they do still have a new head coach. Yes, they have a phenomenal roster, but they still have a new head coach who is going to take some adjusting at the helm. I mean, Greg Williams was the interim coach there last year, not Freddie Kitchens. And I think this is Kitchens' first coaching gig. I think it's going to take a little bit of adjustment period. I think there's going to be some time for an adjustment with Odell and Baker as well. And I think that though when they are all clicking, they're going to be great. And that's why I see a 9-7 and seven record, just because there's going to be some games off the start that I think they could lose. But for the most part, that team's a really good team. And maybe not this year, but next year they are serious Super Bowl contenders. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I just think the Browns, like, the reason why I'm so confident that we all know about the offense and the weapons they have, but I think their defense has an opportunity to be just as good. And that's scary because you got Miles Garrett and you got, you know, Denzel Ward as a shutdown corner. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're – they're they're going to be really 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 good. So oh, and they they got the guy from um from the Giants. So you got Garrett and what's his name? Um, Olivier Vernon. Yeah, Olivier Vernon, uh, rushing the the passer from each edge. So yeah, that's the real reason why I like the Browns is because of their defense. So even if you know, uh, they they make some mistakes or 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 things like that, I think their defense will be keeping them in all games and. There's only so much you're going to be able to control Odell Beckham, Chubb, Mayfield, Najoko, all those weapons that they have. See, my other thinking with the Browns was also Greg Williams is masterful coaching defense. He can pretty much get the best out of just about every player on the field. Maybe Miles Garrett, he was held back a little bit. There was a little bit of a debate about that. But with Denzel Ward and some of the younger players on that defense, he got the most out of them last season, in my opinion. Maybe there's more that we're not seeing, like of a ceiling for those guys. But I think he really got a lot of production out of that defense last season. And I think that without him this season, it may take a little bit of a step back. But I hope they prove me wrong because as someone who's a Jets fan, seeing a team lose for that long, Cleveland's a great city. I think that they deserve to see a winning team. And I think 9-7 and seven is like a – I almost want to say the floor for them because, I mean, yeah. obviously they could fall apart and be a 6-10 um, and 10 team, but I don't see them sucking that bad. I mean, I really think 9-7 and is like – fair but I think that they're probably could they definitely couldn't win the division and I think it's a two-dog race but Baltimore could surprise but I think it's between Pitt and uh, Cleveland but I think Pitt's the safe pick Cleveland's definitely going to be exciting to watch though yeah no without a doubt and in reference to Greg Williams I think he's a little overrated see what Greg Williams does good is that he he's good at creating turnovers like his team's always you know, blitz, and they're, and they're good at that. But then they're also subject to big plays because they, they take so many risks. So I, I don't think the t- defense will take a step back. I like the additions. Denzel Ward, like um, you said, he was a rookie last year. I think he could only get better, and they got Greedy Williams. So they only got better. Um, I think 9-7 and seven is definitely their floor. But uh, I think they're focused. I think OBJ's got, got something to prove, you know, and Landry's never won, and Baker's, you know, he, he means business. And I just like, you know, they really have to fall apart, in, in my opinion, to not win that division. 
So I do want to transition a little to the AFC South. This is another team with, I'd say, two clear-cut lead-like dogs in the pack. A team that could, like, surprise as similar to Baltimore in Tennessee or Jacksonville, and then the team of the two that will probably not have the best season. So with my predictions, I had Indianapolis going 12-4 and and winning the division. I had Jacksonville going 8-8. Eight and eight. I had Houston going 9-7 and seven and likely slipping in as a wild card, and Tennessee going 7-9. and nine. So my thought process I will get into after I um, kind of let you elaborate off and give your predictions. I definitely um, agree with the Colts. Colts are, you know, they're just, they're just a great all-around team, probably the most balanced team in the NFL. Um, so definitely all in on that. Um, I mean, all those other teams, I agree. Like Jacksonville sounds like an 8-8 eight eight team. Tennessee is an interesting team because if you look at Tennessee, they are also quite balanced and they've been good against the Jaguars. They've dominated the Jaguars in the past and they've, they've been competitive with Indy as well in Houston. So they usually play their division rivals pretty, pretty close. Um, You know, their defense is actually pretty good as well. It all comes down to Mariota, which is scary because if Mariota plays even half decent, I mean, just look at the wide receivers. They got Corey Davis. They drafted A.J. Brown. They signed Adam Humphreys. Then you got uh, Derek Henry and Deion Lewis in the backfield. You got Najoko. John o. Smith looked good, too, last year. So, I mean, you got weapons. It really just comes down to Mariota. And their offensive line is pretty decent, too. So, Tennessee, I'm going to give them 9-7. and seven. I'll give Houston 8-8. Eight and eight because their defense is not that great. Their offensive line, they didn't do enough to adjust it. They have some weapons, but they have to really, really, really uh, improve on their defense. So we'll see. But, I mean, it's it's tough, man. Um, that division is really, really tough. And to think that Houston, with all those weapons, could only go 8-8, eight and eight, but their defense is, is that is that kind of crummy. But – just as I'm saying this, okay, we'll go nine and seven. I think it's gonna be a bunch of teams going nine and seven. I think I'll go yeah. Houston nine and seven. I'll go Jaguars eight and eight. I'll go Tennessee nine and seven, and I'll take uh, Indy 12, 12 and four. Yeah. So Indianapolis, as you said, I don't even think you have to touch on it very much. They're only gonna get better from last year. They were ten and six last year with a new coach, Andrew Luck returning, and still some. Um, I mean, Quentin Nelson in his first year, Darius Leonard in their first year, and they only got better. That team is going to be a great team. And I think, I will say later, legitimate Super Bowl contenders, but I think it's fairly obvious they're one of the best teams in football, and I think they will only get better. Houston, I, for some reason, always seem to have faith in them as like a dark horse to make a run in the playoffs, simply because they have talent. They have a solid coach who um, can make things work well I guess overall with that squad and um they're always I guess underrated almost and I think that nine and seven is kind of like a fair prediction for them because yeah they have a not a good defense and their offense they have lots of weapons but overall I just see them not being as good as last season and I think nine and seven might even be as you said like a little bit of an overestimation but Houston, I, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'm just thinking that right now because 
if their offensive line is shot and Deshaun Watson takes a lot of hits, Will Fuller's injury prone, you know, God forbid something happens to hop. Like they, they have to have like almost like a perfect season. I think just to even go nine and seven, like nine and seven is like their ceiling. If everything goes right. So it's going to be hard for them just to even get that. I might be even leaving them having like one of those off years going seven and nine and Bill O'Brien getting fired. Cause I could definitely see something like that happening as well. Yeah. They also had some turnover again in the front office, which makes me kind of think that the new GM might want to bring in his own head coach. And I do think te- the Texans, honestly, the AFC South as a whole is kind of a wild card after the Colts because Tennessee, you don't know what they're going to do because they always seem to have the talent, and now, you know, Taylor Luan is, just got suspended, and he's one of the anchors in that front. And overall, though, they have weapons. They're a good team on paper, but they always seem to kind of underperform slightly. Um, and it could be due to Mariota, but the pressure's on him this season, you know. He's got a lot to prove, similar to Jameis Winston, you know. They both have a lot to prove this season and show that they can be the leaders of their franchise and with Jacksonville Nick Foles is only going to take them so far yes he is got magic but that team's got questions galore um from Jalen Ramsey bringing a Brinks truck to the first day of training camp to um just questions with you know Doug Marone and everything related to that and I don't see them succeeding to a certain extent but I do think eight and eight's fair for them so I think that um, it's just a lot of wild cards in that division as a whole. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So kind of for the last AFC West or the last AFC teams I do want to talk about is the AFC West, which is going to be a very interesting division, similar to the AFC North, where you have a clear cut favorite and you have a team behind them with the Chargers that is a good team as well and then you have the Broncos and the Raiders who it's kind of unclear what could happen so in my predictions I had the Los Angeles Chargers going 10 and 6 I had the Kansas City Chiefs going 12 and 4 Denver going 6 and 10 and Oakland going 5 and 11 Uh, I do want to hear your perspective first before I have my rebuttal I guess of sorts okay um I mean I have I have Denver Denver's my sneaky team there. I think they could surprise some people and go 10 and 6. I think um the Chiefs will go 11 and 5. I like the Chargers to go mm, uh, 9 and 7 and then uh Oakland 6 and 10. I do think Oakland's going to not I think they'll improve from four and twelve last year, but I don't think they're going to improve to a certain extent because they still, yes, they got the flashy piece in Antonio Brown, but they still have some holes on the roster. It's going to be an entertaining team to watch, um, and how they mesh on the field and off the field is going to be interesting to watch. But I don't see them producing to a certain extent, record wise and success wise. Um, I see the Broncos, as you said, you know they could be a sneaky team, but it's just Joe Flacco is. He's got something to prove, but he's only going to be able to take them to so far, in my opinion. That's why I think if Drew Locke starts, it could be a little more interesting, in my opinion, because I think at this point, Joe Flacco's a good... I think this is going to be similar to the Kansas City Chiefs and Alex Smith year, where it went great for them, or it could have blown up. I see it, I guess, maybe being a little pessimistic, blowing up, but I do think that 
Um, Joe Flacco is not a bad quarterback, and that team could, as you said, be a sneaky team. Um, the Chargers and the Chiefs, I don't think there's much to talk about. They're going to be two pretty good teams. The Chargers, there's a couple questions with Melvin Gordon and potentially holding out, but I do think um, they'll still have depth behind him with Eckler and some other guys that I've heard you talk about on Instagram that they have behind him. And then uh, the Chiefs, I, Patty Mahomes, and now Tyreek Hill is going to be not suspended, and um, that's a good team too. And I think that uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers are the two clear-cut pretty good teams in that division. And I do think the Broncos are sneaky, and the Raiders are just a drama-filled team, I think. Mm-hmm. Great. So going to the NFC now, a little bit – there isn't as, in my opinion, I had uh, a couple of my friends on last week and we talked about it a little bit. The NFC's got a couple wild cards on who could walk away with the um, heading into the NFC championship game this year. So we'll talk about that a little bit as we go along. But starting with the NFC East, I have the Dallas Cowboys, we dem boys going nine and seven. I have Philadelphia going 10 and six, Washington going six and 10 and New York Giants going four and 12. So Berto, your opinion. Uh yeah, I like the Dallas going nine and seven. I think uh Washington will be six and ten. Um I like or I don't like the Giants. Uh they'll I think yeah, I think four and twelve is good. Um uh, I think Philly though, I think Philly's gonna be really good. Um I would say <clears throat> I would say eleven and five for Philly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like 10 and 6 is like – I think that's kind of maybe their floor as long as everything goes well. But, yeah, they could be a really, really good team this year with Wentz fully healthy and back and no questions about Foles or anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Philly. So with Dallas, though, I honestly saw them being, as of last week, a legitimate contender in the NFC. But now there's all these questions with Zeke. And, you know, if Zeke does try to do what Le'Veon did and hold out, the thing about that is – Dallas needs Zeke to operate fully, I think, on offense. Because I think without him, Dak isn't as good. I think that Zeke is his cushion. And I think part of why he had especially a good amount of success last year at the end of the season is they put a lot of attention on Zeke, and that allowed Dak to do his thing. And um, to a certain extent, he's kind of like Jared Goff with Todd Gurley, which I'll kind of surprised a little bit with my Rams prediction a little bit where he needs a running back to be fully successful. And I think if Zeke's out and decides to hold out into the season, that could hurt them, but it all fluctuates. So I think nine and seven is kind of safe on that end. What is your kind of opinion about how their record could be affected with Zeke holding out? Well, I mean, to me, Dallas is just one of those teams and there's no rhyme or reason for it. When you think they're going to do good, they don't. When you think they're going to do bad, they do. And I just don't have faith in Jason Garrett. So uh, it's more just like a uh, a feeling. I think Zeke will play. I think he needs to play. I think Zeke is the most important running back in the league because, like you said, I Dak Prescott, simply put, he's not that good. They need to sign Zeke because if they don't, Unlike Melvin Gordon, where I think, you know, Eckler and, you know, Justin Jackson, some of these other guys can fill in. I don't think there's a Zeke on uh, Dallas roster. And like you also said, at the end of the year, they started using, you know, Zeke a lot more, especially in the passing game. So 
Uh, they need Zeke. Jason Garrett needs Zeke. Dak needs Zeke. And if he holds out, we're gonna they're gonna get exposed. So um, and even with Zeke, I don't consider Dallas like a prolific offense. I think you know Dak will be what he's always been. He's always struggled against the the better defenses in the league, and they'll be facing a, a couple of them. So um, that's why I don't I don't think Dallas is that type of team to just you know run through a division or anything like that, especially not with the Eagles. So nine to seven. So. Um, I just alluded to it with the NFC West. Um, I do want to share my predictions about that. I don't think this division is going to see a ton of success because I think Arizona goes five and eleven. I think Seattle goes eight and eight. I think San Francisco goes nine and seven, and I think the Rams go nine and seven, and ultimately, due to a tiebreaker, do win the division. Um, simply put, the Rams without Gurley one hundred and ten percent aren't going to be as good of a team, in my opinion. But if what McVay says is true and Gurley's 100%, 9-7 is definitely the floor for that team. Um, Seattle is always a safe bet to be average or above average, but not exceptional anymore. Um, they definitely are a team to watch for, though, in my opinion. Um, as similar to the Broncos, as like a sneaky team, but I don't see them having immense success. I think San Francisco is going to do well with Garoppolo this season coming back. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. He's a great fantasy quarterback, in my opinion, that you could probably get later. Um, but you're the fantasy guy here between the two of us who knows better. Um, I think San Francisco's a sneaky team, and I think Arizona's not going to improve as, that much, but I do think a 5-11 and is safe for them. What is your opinion, Birdo? Yeah, I like that 5-11 and call. I, I, I We're pretty We're pretty close on our predictions in this division, except I have the Niners a lot better. I think, uh, and the reason why is because you alluded to it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a really, really nice fantasy quarterback, and he'll be a really nice real, uh, real life quarterback. Um, my only concern with him from a fantasy perspective is he seems like he might be a little injury prone because you heard about that in New England as well. His mm-hmm. frame is kind of really slender. So as long as he could just get rid of the ball, that offense is going to be prolific, and that defense is going to be a lot better now that they got D Ford, uh, um, Nick Bosa. So, you know, that pass rush is going to be really good with Forrest Buckner. So I really like that defense, and that offense is going to be dynamic because if they could put up points, not that they were, you know, putting up a bunch of points, but they, they were still putting up points with Nick Mullins and Kittle was the only thing they had. Now you bring in uh, – you got Jimmy coming back. Their offensive line is is one of the best in the league. You got Tevin Coleman. You got Debo Samuels. You got Dante Pettis returning from injury. You still got Kittle, Jalen Hurd. That offense is going to be top five in the league, and that defense is going to be probably close to it as well. So I do like the Niners going 11-5. I do think the Rams are going to have a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think Gurley's going to make it. They will hurt. Their defense is gonna is not gonna be as good as well. Um, they lost some pieces there, and uh, yeah, Jared Goff is not that good. We're gonna see it. He's gonna put up numbers from a fantasy perspective because they're going to need to. But uh, I don't have them making the playoffs. I think Seattle. You hit it right on the button. I think they'll be competitive in all their games as they usually are, but they're not gonna have enough. About eight and eight. So. Uh, the only thing we really disagree on there is the Niners. I have them winning the division going 11-5. and 
So um, I completely agree about the Niners and transitioning a little bit to the two kind of um, question mark divisions left. Uh, I'll start with the NFC North. I have the Bears um, going 11-5. and five. I have Minnesota going 9-7. and seven. Green Bay on a sort of revenge tour, 10-6. and six. And Detroit, 7-9. and nine. I think all those teams are pretty solid all around, and they all improve this offseason. And I think that they are going to be a really good division to watch and an entertaining division, but I don't see any of them being as good as Chicago and um, Green Bay, like in the dominance perspective, your opinion, Birdo. Um, I might be this one. I'm really struggling with. I do like the Packers to win the division at 11 and five. I mean, Rogers has never had a defense this good. Green Bay has never signed so many free agents. They upgraded their pass rush with uh, Zadarius Smith. They got a new safety from Chicago, Amos. So they, they, or Amos, whatever his name is, um, they really improved. They also drafted a strong safety as well. So I really, really like what Green Bay did this offseason. And they have weapons galore. I mean, we're talking about Adams. But MVS is one of my sleeper picks in fantasy. Absolutely love this guy. 6-3, time. They got Allison in the slot. Aaron Jones coming back. They drafted a tight end that seems to be legit as well. So uh, definitely love Green Bay. Chicago, this is the team that I'm torn. Like, my gut says that Chicago is going to be a little bit of a disappointment because I feel like they're one Khalil Mack injury away from being a very average team. So he he's the one that, you know, makes that defense go. If they lose Khalil Mack, that defense is not dominant, period. So, because they already lost some pieces. They lost Callahan to, to Denver. They lost Amos, who we just mentioned. So, they already lost some pieces. They lose Khalil Mack. They're very average, and that division is extremely tough. I'm also not a big believer in Mitch Trubisky. However, <clears throat> because I absolutely love <clears throat> David Montgomery, which makes it a struggle. So, uh, I, think, I think what we'll do... Hmm, this is so tough, man. Um, I think they're I, a good team. I think they're a good team. I just, I think they could be beat. So I will, hmm, I'll go with the Bears. I'll go nine and seven. I actually like Detroit. That's the reason why I'm, I'm, I like Detroit because this is the best team Matt Stafford has ever had by far. I mean, he's had good teams as well. He's had good offenses because he's made them good because he had a dominant receiver like Calvin Johnson. But, I mean, he's got Galladay and Jones on the outside. They drafted the best tight end probably in years in Hawkinson. They got Danny Amendola in the slot. And I absolutely love one of my favorite players in all of fantasy this year, Carryon Johnson. He's a must-have grab in the third round. This guy's got top five upside with Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator. They're going to run the football, former Seahawks coordinator. And their defense is pretty lit. I mean, their defense last year was one of the best secondaries in the league. They have a, a borderline shutdown corner in Darius Slay. They just brought in Justin Coleman to play the slot. So they just added some pieces to a secondary that was already good. And they got their pass rusher that they needed. So... Um, who's the guy they signed? I'm sorry. I, I just had a brain fart. The, I don't know. They signed one of the best pass rushers. And, oh, the guy, Trey Flowers. That's what he's yes. saying. Sorry. 
So they signed Trey Flowers to rush the passer with that secondary. I think they're going to be and, – and Damon Harrison, who they acquired from the Giants in the middle of last year, severely or very much impacted that run defense. They were a lot better because at first they were one of the worst. So I like Detroit going 10-6. and six. And then uh, I think I think Minnesota is going to be pretty trashy. I think they'll they'll be like seven or nine ish around there. I do agree Maybe. about Minnesota because I think they're like yeah, like seven to nine ish. I had them like nine and seven just because I don't know what they're going to do. But Cousins is average. Most of the teams average. I think that uh, overall they're going to produce average results. Um, yeah. I, once again, the Lions are a sneaky team as well. Um, I, for some reason, have a ton of faith in the Bears, and I think it's just mm-hmm. a matter of they're my, like, NFC team, maybe, but I just mm-hmm. think that they have a dynamic offense and a dynamic defense. I really like Montgomery, and I think he's going to be a really good player for that team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Packers are kind of like the Steelers as, like, a safe bet. I think uh, Rodgers is going to want some payback after getting kind of disrespected almost last year, and mm-hmm. I think as a whole, I think um, Detroit and um, Chicago have like the most upside, maybe. But I think mm-hmm. that uh, there's some pretty good teams overall in that division. I think it's yeah. going to be a fun division to watch. Yeah, for me, Chicago, I just don't have faith in Mitch Trubisky. I don't. Yeah, that's what it comes down to to me. So if their defense can be play lights out like they did, I think they'll be fine. But I just think they could be shut down offensively. But I do love David Montgomery, so that's why. I can't, you know, totally dismiss them because if they, you know, run the football, play good defense, then that'll that'll kind of hide some of Mr. Bisky's flaws because he's just, I don't know, he's shaky at best. And and Detroit to me is like Denver in the AFC. They're they're kind of like my sleeper team. Well, I completely agree, um, especially about Detroit. I think that uh, they are. Um, like, as you said, they're a really sneaky team, and I like a lot of the moves they made overall. Um, yeah, Chicago, it's going to be fun to watch, honestly, as a whole. The NFC North is going to be interesting, a lot like the AFC North, actually. Um, so the final division I want to talk about is the NFC South. They have the reigning um, NFC Championship runner-ups with the New Orleans uh, – I almost said Pelicans. Oh, my God. New Orleans Saints. Um, I see the Saints going – I. Oh, there it is. 12 and 4. I have them winning the division. I have Atlanta going 10 and 6 and being a surprise team this year with everybody healthy. I have Carolina 7 and 9, kind of an average, slightly below average squad. Um, and I think Tampa Bay, I maybe I'm sleeping on them this year with some new additions, but I think 5 and 11. Okay. Um, yeah, to me, this division's probably the toughest because, like, in my opinion, you can make a case for anyone in this division. I am not sold on the Saints, so I definitely don't have them 12 and 4. I might have them winning. I might have them not even making the playoffs. Um, wow. Because I always feel like there's there's teams that disappoint every year, and I feel like this year it could be it could definitely be the Saints. Um, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a lot better than 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 you think. Uh I wish their defense was a little bit better, but I, I would say Tampa Bay is going to be nine and seven. Uh, I got Carolina winning the division because I think their defense is going to be really, really good this year. Um, I love the kid they drafted. Um, I forgot his, uh, for, is it Ferguson or 
the yes. kid they drafted out of FSU. But I really like that move that they made. They got arguably the best defensive line. They still got Luke Keeley or Luke Cookley, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then now they got some good young corners, too, that are a year older. Ron Rivera is a really good defensive coach. And on offense, they're tough to, to stop with, you know, Cam. You got CMC, DJ Moore, and Samuels on the outside, two speedsters. If Greg Olson could come back and do his thing. So I don't think they're 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 that they're not the the Falcons or the Chiefs, but their offense are just hard to their offense is hard to game plan for because you got a quarterback who can run it at any time. You got CMC who's a headache. You got those two like it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. And if their defense is as good as I think they could be, I think the Panthers could go eleven and five. I think um Tampa's nine and seven. I like Atlanta, but I don't trust Atlanta because, yes, their their offense is going to be lit for sure. I mean, they got weapons galore, but they're kind of like the Chargers. They always have, like, this good team and all this talent, and yet they all, they always disappoint. I know the Chargers finally made the playoffs last year, but, you know, besides that, they're, they're that team. Atlanta is that team that always disappoints. So um, I'm going to say Atlanta is – Oh, another eight and eight season. Bucks are nine and seven. Carolina wins at eleven and five. I'll I'll say the Saints are. Damn, um, it's hard to to really like leave them out of the playoffs, but I'm gonna say the Saints are nine and seven. I think that um, this year is gonna be interesting for the Saints. You know, they're coming off a. Of- heartbreaking loss I think they're gonna have a little bit of to prove I do think they're still a really really good team and and I still think they could um win the division easily yeah you're right this is a really tough division now that I think about it even more um Carolina my thing with Carolina is I really do like Christian McCaffrey and um I like a lot of the other players they have on that team but Cam um is coming off surgery there's gonna be I think a little bit of rust maybe there but I think, yeah, I have them. What did I have them? Um, I had them at seven and nine. I think that's their floor, honestly. I think that would be no improvement from last year. And I think that's their floor. But I do think, yeah, their ceiling is they could win the division. They're a talented team with a mobile quarterback that's hard to game plan for, who before, you know, struggling with injury for lingering injury last season, um, was even getting better as a thrower later and now in his peak I guess of his career sort of and I think yeah Atlanta is kind of going to be a wild card because they have years where they went to the Super Bowl and nearly won it 28 and 3 but they also have years where they suck like last year um I think that for some reason they give me the vibes of like the Chargers last year where the Chargers ended up winning um well they ended up whatever they did with oh they ended up not winning the division. They ended up losing it by a tiebreaker to the Chiefs, but they were a great team. And I think that they're going to be that kind of sort of team this year. So I do think it's a tough conference to – or not conference, division to judge. But I do think that Tampa is going to be – I think they're a little overhyped this year, but I do think that they're going to have some success. I do think 5-11 and is a little tough on them. Um, I think Atlanta, maybe I'm overhyping. Tampa, I'm a little – Underhyping, I think Carolina's kind of going to be, yeah, a floor of like seven and nine, but some success could happen. 
And I do think New Orleans is going to be a good team yet again this year. Yeah, I think I think I might be overhyping Tampa, although I don't hear too many people overhyping them. Um, so I may, I might have to switch that Tampa to seven and nine. But I'm just I'm just such a huge Bruce Arians believer that if their defense could just be like mediocre, they're going to be a really good team. But I mean, their defense is just so bad. So it really comes down to what type of magic you know Todd Bowles can can come up with but I will say this everything I'm hearing out of camp is that Devin White is absolutely amazing so if and he's gonna need to be so there's very few defensive positions that could be like altering and I think the middle linebacker because that's the the quarterback of the defense and if you have a guy that they say runs like a four three seven at linebacker and he can play sideline to sideline that's such a game changer for a defense. It's hard to say that one defensive player can make a defense, but if he's as good as advertised and he's not only a, a you know good in stopping the run, but also I heard he's a really good pass coverage. So he's kind of like a hybrid middle linebacker. If he's as good as he can be, or they say he is, and that defense could just be middle of the pack, doesn't have to be great. I think their offense will be, good enough where that team could be scary. So maybe I'm 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 being a little optimistic, but you know, between seven and nine and nine and seven is where I have where I have the Bucks. So I do agree that um it's gonna be a tough division. And honestly the conference as a whole, the NFC is gonna be a tough division to mm. kind of gauge overall. Um so before um we get ready to close it off, I do want to know who is your two maybe two in each conference, maybe three for the AFC teams that you think could be legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Um, my Super Bowl contenders, I think it's going to basically come down to the Colts and, and the Chiefs um, for me. That's what, that's, that's what I like, those two. Mm-hmm. I agree uh, on that one, yes. Okay. okay. And... Um, I have New England in mind as well, just because you can't count them out. Yeah. And then I also had New Orleans, Philadelphia, and I think that was it for mine, like legitimate in the NFC, because I do think this is an AFC team's year to take the chip. Okay. Uh, for my NFC, I will go with either the Packers or the, the Eagles. Those are my two teams um, in the NFC. So only time will tell how these predictions fare. They could be terrible or they could be phenomenal. Who knows? But I do know one thing. Or both. That you, <laughs> that you are coming out with a book soon, and I do not doubt it's going to be phenomenal. Do you want to tell my listeners a little bit about this book? Yeah, yeah. I've been working like the last couple of months. I mean, the knowledge is, is all there. Um, it's all I talk about. It's all I live, breathe, fantasy football. Um, but it's a lot different when you're actually writing a book and you got to make sure that it flows and, you know, it's not too wordy, but not too basic. So, but the book's going to be amazing. Um, it's called talent over everything, the winning formula. And really, if you, it's, it's really for players that are, you know, really serious about fantasy football. So if that's you, you definitely want to get the book because it shows you a lot of – see, I've seen all the books and all the draft kicks, and what they do is they throw at you a bunch of numbers. This is not numbers at all. I mean, I'll have some numbers in there, but just to kind of like back my point so you see what I'm talking about. But this is more like strategy, ninja hacks, 
it's a winning formula. Like, if you follow this formula, you're guaranteed to win in fantasy football. And I don't think anybody has ever come up with a book like that. So I'm really excited about it. My followers are really excited about it. And for sure, if you guys get this book, you're guaranteed fantasy success. And speaking from self-perspective, last season I found Birdo through Instagram and everything. And just little tidbits and everything he would post his content on Instagram, it seemed as though he was like, knew everything that was going to happen in the NFL before it happened. His moves that he had me make literally won me the fantasy football division. And I had a shitty draft, honestly. I had like a C-plus draft. And I made good waiver wire moves, but then I found Birdo and he literally took me from probably making the playoffs on a cut line to dominating the season and ending up as kind of like a low seed in the playoffs and running through the playoffs and winning my fantasy league in both leagues as well. And he no doubt knows this shit for real (laughs) and forgive my language, but he is a mastermind with fantasy football and football as a whole. And when I say he's one of the best fantasy football and football as a whole analysts in the world, I'm not lying about that. This man should be working for ESPN or FS1 or any of these companies because he's smarter than a lot of these guys. Quite frankly, Colin Coward should not have a show. Birdo should have a show. (laughs) And that is honest. So, Birdo, I thank you very much for coming on. I do want to give you a chance. You just plug the book to plug your social medias and the book when it is coming out as well. Appreciate that. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for having me on, Dylan. It's always a good time. So, once again, thank you, Birdo, for coming on. It was a lot of fun. And catch us next week for a new episode of Ambitious. Thank you very much for coming on. All right. Appreciate it, man. Good times. Good times. And uh, let me know if you have any fantasy questions. Thank you. And I will send you the link to this when it is posted. All right. Awesome. When, when do you see it coming out? Uh, Sunday. All right. Perfect. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Have a good one. Okay. Bye.